Is Cooper Cup going to fall this evening? Who's going to force the issue at tight end in this draft? And is the million-dollar winner going to come out of tonight's proceedings? Follow along with the live draft board and watch our pick-by-pick -pick analysis as we call the action from the 2023 Fantasy Pros Championship to see who stands the best shot at winning the million-dollar grand prize. We've got a great show for you. Jay Reed is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your host and slightly above average one at that, Eric Balkman. My co-host is a guy you actually already follow on Twitter, at Packers153, the uh, co-host of the Chasing the Helmet podcast. Guy who's been a guest on this show before. Please welcome in Mr. Jay Reed. Jay, welcome in tonight, man. Hey, Balky. How are you doing tonight? Doing excellent, doing excellent. Excited to hang out for you uh, with you for the next 90-plus minutes here. You've already made your first-round pick. We're going to get to it in a second as we are off and running tonight. I want to shout-out to the chat room both on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter that are watching this. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at HSFFR. At Eric Balkman is where I'm at. As Jay, as I already said, Jay is on Twitter at Packers153. Check out the KFFSC.com as well. Facebook dot com slash hsffhour is where uh, you can connect with us there high stakes fantasy football at gmail.com is the inbox if you have any questions through us uh, we'll monitor those throughout the evening and try to bring them up on air as best we can thanks to the hard work of our producer and mutual friend rob and our audio engineer my best friend bryce the ffpc main event live drafts are off and running as of today everybody so make sure if you want to win a million bucks you are drafting in the ffpc main event a one million dollar grand prize for the second straight year and the fantasy pros championship the draft we're covering tonight you can register for that at my ffpc.com as well for the first time ever a one million dollar grand prize no i didn't misspeak two separate million dollar grand prizes in the ffpc this year let's get to tonight's uh participants in the draft we got scott mckechen drafting from the one spot tonight uh jay reed drafting from the two uh he is going to be our co-host for the night to give you insight uh from his uh from his angle from his perspective on this which is going to be great sean stevenson's fly is drafting third eric hebden's headers head spinners is hitting cleanup tonight in the four spot another former guest of the show big bird andrew peacock drafting fifth in the sixth spot, again, another former guest of the show. My cat's a drunk. No, that's the team name, not the person drafting. Beth Riches, that's her team name at the sixth spot tonight. Uh, Frank Imbornoni in the seventh spot, followed by Jake uh, Belisha's uh, Johnny's Johnny Seasons. Boy, I butchered that. Johnny Seasons, he's also a 26er. He wants us to know that from the uh, FFPC uh, Dynasty 250, 26, uh, number 26 league. He's one of them. He's drafting eighth. A guy who's a longtime FFPC and KFFSC player. Bobby Sangerman, stats, is going to be drafting night tonight uh followed by andrew brown who we will hear from tonight on the broadcast he's the golden tanks in the 10 spot tonight jared krushik uh aaron cart is drafting 11th and then alexander lazerko his kozak system is drafting 12th tonight we are already five picks in a little bit of a surprise here jay we'll talk about that 
uh, right at the at the spot here. Travis Kelsey at the 101. I know you have drafted a ton, but this is actually your first Fantasy Pros draft of the season. How uh, surprised were you to see Kelsey go at the 101? I had Kelsey queued up, ready to go as my first pick, and already unpredictable. <laughs> you know, he was uh, sniped from me. I snipe, and I have the second pick, and I'm already sniped. <laughs> Yeah, it's an inauspicious beginning, Jay. Um, yeah, it, I mean, well, you knew coming in you were going to get either Kelsey or Jefferson. You got to be yes, thrilled with either yeah. one. Yeah, but, you know, I, I mean, I was hoping for the later round, you know, later slots because, you know, there you can get uh, two stud wide receivers, two stud running backs, a stud wide receiver, a, a stud running back. By the time it comes back, you're not going to get that. You're not going right. to get that in, uh, you know, in the first, second and third spots, uh, especially. So how do you combat that? You know, you take an elite tight end, which he did, you know, kudos to him. Or you take an elite quarterback. So uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Um, but I prefer maybe round six right now, round six on than the first five rounds. Now, that may change as we get closer to Vegas, though. Right. It, it, it usually does, right? Because we're always rolling with the punches, right? We got to roll with the NFL information. We got to roll with the ADP. We got to roll with what everybody else is doing to try to formulate the best squads possible. You know, Dominic uh, Guzzetti is in the uh, YouTube right now commenting on my beard. I appreciate that. And he's got good taste in beer, drinking an Elysian Space Dust out of Seattle. Nice choice on the IPA tonight. Um, but he says, uh, clear and present, dangerously obvious is Kelsey at the 101. We have not, I mean, we've seen Kelsey at the 101, not just this year, Jay, but you've seen it in years past too yes. and i think every time we see the 101 as kelsey in an ffpc tight end premium draft it always gets me it gets my juices flowing because like all right this is gonna be a fun draft tonight tight end 101 here we go yeah i mean again that was my pick uh it didn't happen so they'll let's see what they leave me when it comes around but uh i'm gonna be drafting a little bit different tonight than i normally do uh, i have some strategies i stick to that have been proven. Uh, but this is my first draft in the FFPC this year. Mm -hmm. The last draft I had was in Kentucky, the KFSSC uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. Right. Um, so uh, in August, that's where we kick it up and we get started and we start drafting. Uh, so it's uh, good to hop on live with you tonight on my first one. So have patience with me. Oh, well, we'll give you all the patience in the world, my friend. Uh, Justin Jefferson was obviously your choice at the 102. Actually, that started uh, a trio of receivers here. Tyreek Hill at the 103 to Sean Stevenson. Jamar Chase off the board uh, to the headers, head spinners. That's Eric Hebden's choice at the 104. Christian McCaffrey at the 105 tonight to Andrew Peacock. Uh, we're seeing Cooper Cup go at the 106 to Beth Riches, followed by Bijan Robinson to Frank Imbornoni. Then you're looking at Stefan Diggs to uh, Jake Valiche here at the 108. Austin Eckler at the 109 tonight as uh, Bobby Sangerman starts off his draft with a running back. Got a pair of receivers after that. Andrew Brown ends up going with uh, a CeeDee Lamb to his Golden Tank squad. Amon Ross St. Brown, the uh, the next choice at the 111. Aaron Cart, that is Jared Krushik. And by the way, guys, I apologize if I'm butchering any of the names tonight. It's sort of what I do if you've seen the HSFFR before. All I do is mispronounce names. It's not going to be the first time. Uh, it's not. It wasn't the first time. It's not going to be the last time. AJ Brown, the final pick uh, of one uh, of the first round here tonight to Alexander Lazerko's Kozak system. I've been seeing AJ Brown at the 112 a lot tonight. Um, Jay, the next thing I think we should talk about here is is what happened at the 103. Sean Stevenson ended up taking Tyreek Hill over Jamar Chase over Christian McCaffrey. I don't know if I've seen Tyreek Hill go that high. You know, I look at the fantasy mojo on this one and, and uh, fantasymojo.com, Darren Armani, the godfather of the pros versus Joes at fantasy mojo on Twitter. Anytime we cite ADP or stacks or anything like percentages uh, that those are all stats from fantasymojo.com. And if you do 
uh, play in the FFPC. Highly recommend you check out his website. Probably going to make you a better FFPC player. Over the last three days in the Fantasy Pros Championship, the highest Tyreek Hill has gone has been 104. He goes at the 103 tonight. Somebody planting their flag on Tyreek Hill this year, my friend, at the 103, and his name is Sean Stevenson. Well, I expected that, and you're going to see a lot of that tonight because uh, there's only four badged or experienced players in this mm -hmm. draft, uh, eight or not. So sometimes you say, well, hey, that's good. There's only, uh, you know, three other experienced players. Uh, not so much because those other eight, they're going to go for their players. They're going to reach. <laughs> they're not going to follow ADP. They're not going to follow the, uh, the, the, at least the ADP that high stakes players use. So let me look at Waddle. Waddle already on the turn. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, so you're going to see a lot of that tonight. So you can't go by, you know, Mojo's uh, uh, ADP tonight on the play you know, for the for, for this fantasy pros uh, draft because they're going to have players fall, move up, and you know, sideways every which way. So you you just have to take the best value in a draft like this and just take the best player that falls to you. You know what's interesting is um, when you consider. Um, the point you just brought up about, you know, more of the casual players coming in this time of year, not going by ADP. You know, Jay, sometimes we have um, really skilled players uh, that have already been drafting for a couple of months. And there's with Turpin, I talked about this on the broadcast last night. Sometimes they're looking to switch up their portfolios and they'll go off ADP a couple of times too. So it's kind of a mad scientist or mad science going on in this draft tonight. You don't know what any of these people are capable of, whether they're they're more casual or newer players to 2023 FFPC or if they're experienced ones. Now I will say that by and large, it you know, if you've been successful, you're usually kind of following ADP a little bit here in mm -hmm. the draft. And we've seen, yeah. you know, players go off, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, off ADP before, uh, and, and get their guys here. But you're right. I mean, with, with the more um, inexperienced players, at least for this season, we do see them coming in and, and doing their own thing, which I appreciate. Cooper Cup at the 106, it was an auto pick uh, to Beth Riches. Is this a player that, that you would be looking at taking the mid-six when you consider? And, and I'll let you – actually, I'll let you make your pick right here, Jay. We'll get back to the Cooper Cup conversation in a second. But it's on the 211 right now. Jay has already drafted Justin Jefferson. You're looking at uh, Patrick Mahomes was the first quarterback off the board. We've got two tight ends off the board in Kelsey and Andrews. Twelve receivers been taken. Seven running backs have been taken as well. Uh, it's early yet, Jay. You could go a lot of different ways here. You, you know, you could take you know another receiver. You could go tight end. Um, I don't know if you'd go quarterback here. I don't think you would, but running back certainly a possibility. A lot of different ways to go. Can you tell the viewers here sort of what you're looking at here at the 211 tonight, man? Well, this was my thinking. I was hoping for Mahomes uh, not to be picked and right. fall to the to the first guy. Give me that decision. Uh, I I do like Jalen Hurts here. That now that Mahomes was picked, I could pick uh, Devonte Smith and go with him. But coming around, uh, there's no guarantee I'll get Hurts. So that's where I'm going to go. Interesting. Okay. And why was it important for you to get an elite quarterback here this early? Well, with Hurts, I, I feel I get an elite passer and an elite rusher at the same time. I'm trying to keep pace with the back half of the draft. And look, uh -huh. you know, he went Josh Allen. Right. So undoubtedly, he would have went Hurts. So then falling back to me, I probably would have wait, you know, waited on quarterback at that point. Because Josh well, Allen is off week 13. Right. I mean, it's nice to, to, to have him. Uh, usually you see that Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs stack. Uh, and, and that's good if you have a lot of leagues, you know, to, to pick mm -hmm. some of those stacks. But both of those guys will be in the bench, especially in, in this format. 
you need to win week 13 to get to the championship game to win any type of uh, award or money. You are on the clock. Yeah, and, and great point there, obviously, when you when you talk about the week 13 bye, too. You're on the clock again here, uh, Jefferson and then Jalen Hurts. So as you pointed out, Scott McKetchen here at the at the turn at the one spot started off with Kelsey. Now he takes Josh Allen and Joe Mixon at the 301. Joe Mixon coming off the board as running back eight. Just looking at the mojo on that. That does seem early for Mixon. Yeah, he's normally running back 13 at the end of the third round. So McKetchen getting Mixon there, getting his guy here. At the 301, Jay Reed's about to get his guy at the 302. Jay, who's a good Yeah, be? you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go. He's like, he left me the stack. And you get Hurts and Devontae Smith? Uh, you know, let me ask you this, because um, we have seen, and, and I'd have to check the mojo on this, but I know it's pretty close, two receivers both going in the second round. I don't know if I've seen that. I've seen first and second before. I've seen first mm-hmm. and third before. Second and second is kind of weird, but I think the ADP with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are both settling at the at the beginning of the second round mm-hmm. and at the end of the second round. And to me, that's like, my goodness, if, if you, you can't get the – you can't get a – it's going to be impossible to get the Brown-Hurts-Smith stack. But Hurts and Smith is becoming more and more popular here. Got to be pretty thrilled with that, uh, with that to, to those back-to-back picks here, Jay. Yeah, I had to change up my strategy because I was looking at Travis Kelsey and possibly a Mahomes, but I was going to leave that decision up to the guy in the first spot if both uh, Mahomes and Hurts went to him, and I would have picked Devontae Smith there. And now that he'd, he'd have probably took Mahomes with the stack, and he would have gave me what I wanted anyway. Right. You know? So, uh, <laughs> you know, I was in a win-win situation there. But coming um, back in the, in the fourth and fifth round, I definitely do not like the players that fall there. I wish I was in the – back half of this draft because that's where the i might start reaching uh, a little start reaching early that'll be fun that'll be fun fun stream if you do that um jay is is referring to the the other end of the draft obviously and the other end of the draft actually started off the second round we already talked about jalen waddle coming off the board a little earlier tonight at the 201 to alexander uh lazerko nick chubb after that to uh jared krusha garrett wilson to andrew brown tony pollard to uh, Robert Sangerman, Saquon Barkley off the board to Jake Belish, Devontae Adams, the first receiver drafted by Frank Borononi, Derek Henry to Beth Riches, followed by Mark Andrews to Big Bird. That's Andrew Peacock. Uh, Chris Olave to the headers, head spinners. That's Eric Hebden. And then the three quarterbacks there, Mahomes, Hurts, and Josh Allen. That is the end of the third round here. And what was I talking about? I, I want to skip the Cooper Cup discussion here. Saqu- uh, Saquon Barkley slipped it a little bit tonight. Um, it's kind of a weird situation there, Jay, because he signed the one-year deal. It seems like he's all in. What do you think is going to happen with him when when he gets that first nagging tissue injury? Do you think he's going to tough his way through it, knowing that he's on a one-year contract? Um, or do you think that, eh, maybe I'm going to take the Lamar Jackson route and take some games off? Because that's one of the that's the conundrum facing fantasy owners this year with Saquon Barkley in the first or second round. Yeah, I think there was a some type, I don't remember exactly, some type of podcast weeks ago. Um, that they were discussing that and talking about that. Will these players really try near the end of the season if their teams are not competing or not in the playoffs? You know, I mean, they just need six games uh, uh, in to get their, you know, to get their money to, to fulfill mm-hmm. the contract. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's a tough one on Saquon. I mean, he usually comes up limber a little bit during during the season. I don't, I don't think he's going to make all, you know, the, the whole season. But, mm-hmm. uh you know, when you're taking a, a running back in the, in the second round, you want at least, you know, the hope that he's healthy, a healthy back, and that he's going to make the whole season. But Saquon definitely does, definitely has some questions. 
I, I have some questions for team one. Number one, um, I'd have to look at the Fantasy Mojo stack finder, but is that the first Kelsey, Josh Allen, Joe Mixon start we've seen uh, this year? I think it might be. It might be. Because it's pretty unique. Mixon goes really high tonight. It really caught me off guard. I was not expecting Joe Mixon to, to, to see his name at, at the in the early first round here tonight, Jay. Well, I, I said that earlier. It's just I've thrown out strategy. I've thrown out ADP at this point. <laughs> Okay, it's not when I saw that they, you know, there was only four badges and eight. I, I've been in drafts before, even though this is my first one of the year, I knew this mm -hmm. was going to happen. So I'm just going to sit back and see what falls to me, and uh, and and always keep an eye on the first spot because going in, you know, I always check and see what they need and and take that because I know I won't get that coming back out. So that's one good thing about being on the ends, the eleven and the twelve and the one and the and the two spots. When, when you talk about, Jay, to, to interrupt you, I'm sorry. When, when you talk about drafting in, in a league like this where there are, you know, a, only a handful of badges in this draft, do you find it harder or easier to be on the end, which is sort of where you are right now at the two spot? I think it's a little bit easier because you can plan a little bit of, of a better strategy because you have two picks uh, rather quickly. So you can go get your guys, you know, in between all of the, uh, the picks this mass, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would say I'm in a pretty good spot, but I just don't like the players that fall to the first, second, and third spot, even through rounds 10 and 11. Uh, so we're going to see. I, I think I'm going re to reach a little bit uh, on, on some players. What that's what I want to see that because that that's going to liven this thing up uh, for sure. Let's liven it up with our first guest in the night. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, he's drafting from the 10 spot. His name is Andrew Brown. He's drafting the golden tanks team. A lot of yellow uh, on that end of the board with all those receivers. We're going to get his thoughts on it right now. Please welcome on to the HSFF hour, Mr. Andrew Brown. Andrew, how's it going, dude? That's great. Thanks for having me on Balky. Absolutely. Fun, Glad fun to have start you. so far. I was just going to ask you, what do you make of your start? You get the three receivers and then Brees Hall here in the fourth. How do you like it? Yeah, uh, it feels good. Um, when you're at the back end, it feels a little better to be in the middle. Um, I had three names written down for the first, C.D. Lamb, Bijan, and Garrett Wilson. So to come out with two out of the three, not too bad. <laughs> That's and good. Then it's, it's coming out of the third, right? Just kind of seeing what's falling to you. Um, JT was an interesting faller. Didn't see, couldn't make it past the auto pick though. Uh, right. maybe that would have been a good option for me in the third, but yeah, so far, I think I got plenty of options as we move into the fifth and sixth. So well, I want to get the strategy in a second here, Andrew, but I do want to ask you when, you, when you look at that, that first pick in CD lamb, I, I often, this is something that I'm battling with in my head right now, you know, Kellen Moore, it seemed like the Cowboys were pretty willing to move on from him. And Mike McCarthy talked about how much Kellen Moore wanted to pass as the OC for Dallas this past year. And then they hired Brian Schottenheimer, who loves to run the ball. And I'm kind of wondering, with the addition of Brandon Cooks, you know, Michael Gallup, a full year off the ACL, um, you know, and you, you have all these talented pass catchers there. Is there going to be enough volume for CeeDee Lamb? Clearly you think so. And maybe I'm overrating the Brian Schottenheimer, uh, Schottenheimer angle, given your first-round pick here, right? Well, I, to be honest, I, I almost took Garrett. I, I actually like Garrett Wilson slightly better. But mm -hmm. going with ADP, hoping Garrett would follow me in second, I went CD first because I don't think he would have made it around the turn. Um, I think it's a lot of conjecture right now through the summer. It's easy to talk about how you're going to change things around. A couple weeks in, McCarthy, it's going to feel hot. It's always hot in Dallas. See, Lamb's by far the best player they have. They'll fall back to what worked last year. CD will exert himself, clearly. Otherwise, well, this team won't make it. 
exactly. Um, you know, just looking at ADP, I mean, you're getting some good deals tonight. Maybe the biggest deal that you got in this draft so far was in the third round, a full half round of value, uh, getting T Higgins there at the 310. I can't imagine that was part of your plans, but when Higgins was on the board and Najee Harris goes to Sangerman, the pick before, you're like, my God, I got to grab Higgins here, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he, I, going back to my board, Higgins was not on that. And as an option in the third, looking at ADP, I had Brees, had Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley, was looking mm -hmm. at those three. And seeing how the running backs were going, took a chance. Brees would fall in the fourth. I mean, he's got questions, right? Just like Josh Jacobs of the 404. If those questions weren't there for both those players, arguably they're, they're middle second talents at least. Um, and so, you know, you take the high upside picks here, I think, in the fourth. And then, you know, smooth it out later. It also helps to have Garrett. So I'm heavily into the Jets. Didn't work last year with Zach Wilson. Hopefully this year Aaron Rodgers can uh, make some fantasy people feel good about being into the Jets. Let's talk about that Brees Hall pick because I've seen him slip over the last, um, I don't know, week or, week or two. Basically ever since these Dalvin Cook rumors got fired up, Dominic Gazzetti is talking about um, that the medicals are saying that his pre-injury form won't happen until week six. And, and I think the question here, Andrew, is not necessarily that. The question here is if you were in a closed 12-team league where you just got to beat these other 11 players rather than beating thousands of players for a million bucks in the Fantasy Pros Championship, do you still think you would have went Brees Hall there? Because to me, he seems like a guy who might have a lower floor than we might imagine, but sky's the limit, highest ceiling out there, right? Yeah, maybe it's my dynasty brain talking to me too much, but I'm way I'm way high on Brees. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's redraft, but I would have taken him again earlier in the fourth, but I'll take my chances and let it fall to me with ADP. Um, I think if Dalvin was going to sign, he'd have done it by now. I think there's maybe a lot more smoke there. It really seems like, and I have obviously not an insider, he wants to go somewhere else. He mm. wouldn't be this long. I mean, if he would have signed, if Dalvin would have signed already, then I think Brees probably uh, could go, fall a little further. But I like Dalvin potentially going someplace else. And, uh, yeah. Where do you think um, – it? Let, let's just say for the sake of argument, let's say Dalvin Cook does sign – a week or so before the start of the season. And it is with the New York Jets. And, and um, you know, obviously with main event and Fantasy Pros Championship draft still going on all the way up to the start of the season, how late do you think Brees Hall would, would, would fall? How late would you wait on Brees Hall knowing that Dalvin Cook's in the same backfield for him? Would, would you start looking at him in the late fourth, in the fifth, maybe the sixth? How far would he tumble on your rankings? Yeah, I think I couldn't let him go past the 406. I took him at the 403 here, maybe just a little bit further. It may increase your likelihood if you can to target Dalvin later to mitigate some of that. Um, mm -hmm. And then weather that first month, uh, because if you want to get into the fantasy playoffs, that's when you want Brees, when all this money is up for grabs. And then, yeah, you have a little more risk early in the first month, um, but you're in a much better position at the back end to compete. We're, we're talking with Andrew Brown. He's drafting 10th tonight, the Golden Tank squad, with Lamb, uh, Garrett Wilson, Higgins, and Hall so far. Uh, coming up on your pick in a few minutes. And and I have to ask you here, uh, Andrew, it, it's kind of an interesting board at your end of it right now with you already having three receivers. You're looking at Team 11. Uh, Jared Krushik has three receivers. And then Team 12, Alexander Lazurko has taken nothing but receivers so far. How much of a chess game is this going to turn into now knowing that you know these guys are probably going to be after running backs, tight ends, and maybe a quarterback here? Is that going to influence how you're picking in the odd number rounds going into – you know, before those guys have a chance to pick before you? Yeah, certainly. I think as this gets deeper, um, that's going to play a bigger role. Right now, 
Uh, well, I had a whole handful of my queue and just went down to one. So <laughs> this this pick this pick made it much easier. I, I was like, I was about to tell you this. I may have a hard choice here between five guys in my queue. Uh, there's one, and uh, we'll right. see. Fingers crossed, he makes it. Yeah, so Andrew's on deck right now. Um, we, we've seen a couple of – actually, basically in the last two rounds, we've seen four tight ends go off the board. That makes seven tight ends selected so far. Six quarterbacks off the board here. Andrew does not have either the position. He already has three receivers. 26 receivers have been drafted so far. Three of them are on Andrew Brown's team. And then uh, 17 total running backs drafted through five-and-a-half rounds. Uh, he does have one of them in Brees Hall on his team. The pick before you now – is Christian Kirk. Andrew, you are on the clock here at the 510. Can you tell us, uh, did that one player make his way through your queue? He did. And I, and I don't want to have second thoughts. Um, so, you know, hey, we've seen, you know, Jay went early with Hurts, Mahomes, Allen, late second. That was You couldn't, you couldn't even imagine that last year. Um, but it proved to be in a lot of winning, winning teams. And right here, it's clearly, you know, at the end of a tier, um, with the quarterbacks. And so, you know, again, I've already kind of said I'm, I'm risk on for this team. And so come on down, Justin Fields. Justin and, Fields, baby. Uh, and see, see what he can do to round this team out. And, again, I still think it leaves me a lot of good options throughout the next few rounds. I got a premium quarterback now. Maybe I'm leaning towards Hero RB, um, but we'll see what happens here at the turn. Yeah, Justin Fields on average goes at the 508. To Andrew's point, the next quarterback usually does not come off the board on average until the end of the sixth round. So this is the end of a tier. You grab one here. And I actually like this pick quite a bit. Fields was my first pick in um, uh, the uh, in the Scott Fishbowl that we did um, earlier last month. And that's obviously super flex too. Um, but I, I, you know, the thing with Fields is, is yeah, he's, he, I think we think on the surface, he's a go for broke league winning type player, but you know, if the reports are true that this guy is actually throwing the ball a lot better, looking more confident in the offense, he didn't forget how to run with the football. So that's still going to be there. You're still going to have his legs and obviously the ceiling a little bit higher for the passing game, not to mention the addition of DJ Moore. Uh, you got Cole Komet locked up here too. Darnell Mooney is going to be healthy. Chase Claypool for a full season. So he's going to have the players uh, to throw to. Trevor Lawrence actually coming off the board at the 5'11 tonight right after you, Andrew. Um, so maybe you're, you're, you're creating something here. Maybe the quarterbacks are going to get pushed up a little mm -hmm. bit more so than what we've seen in, in previous nights. So now you have Lamb, Wilson, Higgins, Hall, and Fields. And, and uh, I, I wonder, and we'll look at what Alexander Lazerko does here. Um, we've seen Bobby Sangerman at the nine spot tonight draft four running backs with his uh, first five picks. And in the FFPC, the starting lineup, quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, tight end, kicker defense, and two flexes. So Sangerman, if he wants to, he could start those four running backs every single week. Uh, Lazerko could start those four receivers every single week in this format if he wanted to. So it's not like you're you're robbing Peter to pay Paul here. These guys are all in, in a perfect world and, and looking for the most elite solution, elite result that you can. Uh, ostensibly, those guys would be in your lineup. Now, he does go with the running back here in, in Damian Pierce, and, and I think that's he's become kind of a polarizing player. The other thing I should mention here, too, what Jake Belish did at the eight spot here, Andrew, Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts, is that going to factor in your decision uh, in, in, how to, in, in how early you're going to get a tight end? Because if you don't draft one here coming in the sixth round, it's a long wait, and I think tight end's deep enough, and you can obviously get away with it, but is the Belish, what he did at the eight spot tonight, is that affecting at all your thought process here and what you're going to do in the sixth round? Yeah, it is because, again, 
Pitts and Herbert were and Walker were all in the queue, right? When I said I had five, bam, 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 five, six, five, seven, uh, five, 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 six, five, seven, and they all went. So, I mean, for me, you've got, I don't think the tight end value is good here. And so I'm still looking at just piling into what maybe another running back or, or wide receiver. So, and now you're on the clock. You have to have Kara Williams go off the board here in the sixth round. Javante and Mike uh, to start off the sixth round. Andrew, you are on the clock here. Three receivers to your name, a running back and a quarterback to your name. You already kind of alluded to maybe the tight end value not there. So you go with a running back or receiver here. A lot of options. Yeah, Balky, this is for me, this is my hardest pick of the night. I mean, oh boy. Like, it seemed like the first five, I already knew what I wanted. It happened. Uh, it was there. I took it. Here I got four in the queue, um, two running backs and two wide receivers. So really, really split. Um, and I'm just going to go with the running back here. Uh, not a not a beloved name, um, but mm. a guy that really finished strong last year, did the same thing the year before. So hopefully I don't have two running backs that only do well week 11 to the end because uh, then I'll have a hard time making it anywhere uh, at the at, towards the back half of the season. Um, but I think I like the chances of a decent wide receiver coming in the seventh and eighth. Uh, coming back around. So we'll we'll go one more running back here to, to round out the team. Cam Akers, beloved in my Florida State Seminole heart, for sure. I like the pick there at the 603. Uh, good for you, Andrew. Now you have your two running backs, three receivers. Lots to work with. Tight ends pretty deep. We'll see what you do in the seventh round. I want to thank you uh, for not only making one pick on the air tonight, but two <laughs> picks and giving us your insight into your draft tonight. We appreciate it, dude. Good luck in winning that million dollars this year, man. Thanks, Bobby. Good luck, Jay. Thanks. Thank you. The Golden Tanks, owned by Andrew Brown, stopping by here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour as we head back to Jay Reed, who is uh, drafting in the, in the second spot tonight. Jay, tell us about your last couple of picks here. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins in the, at the 411, a player uh, that is going to fit in pretty nicely as your wide receiver three. A lot of targets in Tennessee. Got to be pretty happy to get him as the 22nd receiver off the board here. Penultimate pick of the fourth round. Yeah, actually, I was hoping uh, Christian Watson would fall to me. Didn't happen. Sniped again right before me. Uh, being a Packer fan, I'd have liked to have added him. But uh, Hopkins seemed to be the pick there. Again, none of the receivers there I really like that much. I mean, McLaurin uh, is a good pick, but he's, he's off week 14. Right, so yeah. The receiver sitting on the bench. And Deontay Johnson, no, not for me. Uh, Drake London. A lot of miles to feed there, so that's why I went with uh, with Hopkins, and then I couldn't pass up the the triple stack, the super stack for JV. I, I love it. And I, the fly Eagles fly. Where's Dave Tripoli? He loved this start. <laughs> Hurts, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard in the second, third, and fifth round. Were you? I mean, okay. So if if Watson would have made it to you at the at the let's say he was available at the four eleven, you take Watson there. Would you still grab Goddard at the five hundred two if Hopkins was still out there? Um. That would have been tough, but probably I would have went with Goddard since I had Jalen Hurts. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah that I, makes still, sense. I still would have done the triple stack. Um, triple stack here for Jay Reed, who, is, who, and I just who is got, now on the clock. Just got sniped again. Tyler Lockett was on my radar. <laughs> that was a good pick. And I like teams 10, 11, and 12 so far. And I knew that. I mean, I, they're, just, they're just scooping it up there. I'm on the clock. Yeah. Uh, you are on the clock, and, and I'll give everybody a recap here. So the 10 – actually, and we got some love. Um, Hudson Kern-Reeve actually also, in addition to Jay showing some love for teams 10 and 11 and 12, 
uh, Kern, our resident uh, Ivy League professor, actually likes nine as well. So nine, 10, 11, and 12, all looking pretty good to Hudson Reeve uh, and uh, Jay Reed here. Jay is up on the clock right now. He's got his quarterback. He's got his tight end. Three receivers, no running backs yet on Jay's roster. 23 of them so far have been chosen. Uh, looking at 32 receivers off the board already. I would imagine that this pick, Jay, is probably going to either be a running back or receiver. It's going to be a running back. I didn't think he would fall to me, uh, but he did, uh, which is rare tonight. So I'm going to go with uh, Rashad White. Mm, yeah. Rashad White is the 24th running back off the board. I mean, Jay, are you a little surprised he's not going higher in these drafts, given that I am, most of the, the pub that we've, we've heard from him this offseason and his coaches, uh, he's going to be a three-down guy. He's going to catch yeah. a lot of passes. Why are FFPC drafters sleeping on this guy in the sixth round? I don't know. I think Brady's gone. I think the offense, you know, Baker Mayfield's a question mark there. They don't know who's going to be the quarterback. But I think White's going to get a lot of passes out of the backfield. They're going to be coming from behind probably most every game. Mm -hmm. uh, so they'll be checking. They'll be checking down to him a lot. Uh, just, just for, you know, the PPR points there. I think this is a good fit uh, for the team I've built so far. And, and I think anytime you go zero RB, which is what you did tonight with the three uh, receivers, the quarterback, and the tight end, to get a guy like Rashad White as your first running back that you can get at the six eleven tonight. Kudos to you, my friend. That is a good selection there. As uh, as White is going to be starting for you, um, ostensibly starting for you as the season goes on as your number one running back. I like it. I like the start that you have here so far. You're back on the clock after a um, a duo of running backs were just selected by Scott McCatchen. Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara go off the board. Now you're back on the clock at the 702, Jay. Well, I knew Kamara would uh, would would rise a round or two uh, with the news uh, that he only got a three week suspension. Mm -hmm. Uh, everybody was expecting six. Uh, actually, I thought he'd maybe go a little bit higher in mostly, you know, in the Cam Akers, Miles Sanders, and Kenneth Walker uh, area. But uh, this is tough. There's a wide receiver I like and a running back I like that will not come back to me uh, with the build I have. I think I'm going to continue with the PPR points uh, out of the back, out of the backfield here, and try to rake them up and. Uh, I'll always look at the quarterback who's throwing to these uh, running backs uh, in these games, and I don't think there's any better quarterback than the guy throwing to, to this guy right here. Yeah, and, and this is another guy, Jay. We were talking about uh, this on the live stream last night with uh, with Terp. Um, we both said, like, we're of the opinion that James Cook is going to be a riser. And the fact that you can still get Cook in the late six or like you got him tonight in the early seventh, I'm all over that. Um, Tuesday at practice, and I know I keep citing the stat and it was one day, but I'm going to keep bringing it up. Josh Allen completed 12 passes that day, five of them. Count them five were to James Cook on a team that features Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, and uh, Dalton Kincaid. And I said Josh Allen's not in the business of, of checking down. So clearly these were either design plays to Cook or Cook was just wide open. Uh, you know what I mean? So, And he's been weapon out of the backfield. And Rashad White, James Cook between those two guys, I mean, you could be looking at potentially 130, maybe even 140 catches this year, and you're investing sixth and seventh round picks in them. I, I, I got to tell you, Jay, I know you didn't plan it this way, but, man, I'd be thrilled to get White and Cook on this squad. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised uh, they both uh, fell. I mean, looking at the ADP, they usually get scooped up in the sixth. Um, but to get both in the sixth and seventh on the turn there. And that's what I was saying earlier. It's a little bit easier to plan your strategy in a one and two and 11 and 12 slots, especially in a, in a league like this where you don't know what's going to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy so far. Now the, the drawback on Cook is he's, is he's off week 13. Yeah. 
Okay, so I'm going to lose that running back in week 13. So I have to. Do but you do, but and but to, to your to to your point or, or to the point of week 13, you're going to have 12 weeks to uh, cobble together just one running back that could start in James Cook's place. And to me, Jay, and I don't know how you feel about this. To me, that the easiest player to to replace in my starting lineup every single week is my second running back because it's so op- it's such an opportunity driven position. And then when you're not talking about having to get a top 12 running back in there, you just get a top 24 running back. I think you can cobble that out. So if you got to be weak somewhere, or if you got to have somebody in a week 13 buy, give me the guy in the elite offense at the position that I feel pretty strongly that I can find somebody else in the first 12 weeks to start that week too. Yeah. I always look at, you know, again, I mentioned that, but I always look at the quarterback that's uh, throwing to these running backs out of the backfield, you know? So mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no better one than Josh Allen, uh, and, and cook, they're saying there that he's going to be a three down back too. Yeah. That's so a if good you point. go, if you go with the news, you know, I just drafted, you know, if it's true and it holds true, I just drafted two, three down backs. <laughs> that's a great point. <laughs> I mean, that's, a good, that's what I'm saying. You've got to be thrilled with those two picks for sure. Yeah. You know, um, so I, I mean, and, and again, I'm surprised. I didn't think both would fall. I thought maybe one would get to me, but, uh. But that was a pleasant surprise. A pleasant surprise, not only to get both those running backs, but when when Team One and Scott McKetchen, uh also took two running backs, you'd think, mm-hmm. oh God, it's it's going to be one of these uh, it's going to be one of these um, uh, running backs uh, that I want here. And then you got White and Cook. I prefer both those guys over Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara this year for sure. Well, Balky, I didn't think I was going to get him because he's got Josh Allen. Right. Yeah, that's another good point too. That's another great I point. For sure. I said, well, well, Cook's not going to fall to him. He's definitely if he's going to take two running backs, and he needed to. So we have similar bills going on right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there might be some some sniping uh, later on here. Um, there could be. There very yeah. well could be. Yeah. Um, by the way, Matthew McCutcheon is in the uh, YouTube chat right now. Jay, he wants to know if you're wearing a Penn State T-shirt tonight. That is a Penn State. Um. You know, I'm 40 miles uh, outside of Philadelphia, and my daughter just graduated from Penn State in rehab and rehabilitation. Uh, very proud of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got two degrees, and she got a job. Uh, she was like in an apprenticeship program uh, where she uh, started working for uh, the state of Pennsylvania, and they hired her. She got out of college. Oh, congr- congratulations to her! That's fantastic yeah, news. Very, glad very, very proud of her. So, uh, uh, wishing money. This is what I got. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jay, listen, I have no doubt she's proud of her father's first seven rounds uh, in, in this draft tonight, for sure. Uh, just crushing it. Let's Speaking of the first seven rounds, I want to take you through the seventh round that just took place. Uh, Scott McKetchen took Alvin Kamara. Obviously, Jay took uh, James Cook here. DeAndre Swift off the board as the fifth straight running back drafted in this uh, draft tonight. That was Sean Stevenson's fly squad, DeAndre Swift, as his number two running back pairing uh, this year's Lions running back with last year's Lions running back in his backfield with Gibbs and Swift. Jackson Smith and Jigba, the third wide receiver, drafted by Eric Hebden tonight at the four. A couple more running backs here, J.K. Dobbins to uh, Andrew Peacock, David Montgomery off the board to Beth Riches, Marquise Brown and Jordan Addison. A couple of receivers after that to Frank Imbornoni and Jake Felice, respectively. Uh, respect, uh, respectively. Uh, Deshaun, yeah, Deshaun Watson as the quarterback nine tonight, uh, starting quarterback, for Bobby Sangerman squad, Evan Engram off the board after that to Andrew Brown, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, and Samanje Pirine completing the seventh round tonight. Now, before I start talking about Pacheco, just want to double check. Okay, so that is about his ADP. I feel like he went lower 
uh, tonight, but that is actually where he's going. 709, he goes up to 711 tonight. Uh, he's open all day, maybe in that backfield, uh, being the 711 pick for Kansas City this year. What do you make of Sangerman squad from Team 9? I know Kurtz, uh, Hudson uh, Kern Reeve um, already talked about how he liked that build after the first four picks. Eckler, Pollard, Harris, Najee Harris, and then uh, Josh Jacobs with the, uh, are, are the first four selections. They're all running backs. And then he bounces back. He gets Christian Kirk, Brandon Ayuk, and now Deshaun Watson here. Jay, what do you make a team nine start? It's not a build for me um, with four straight running backs like that. Um, but I have to say, he's pulling it out, you know, with Christian mm -hmm. Kirk, Ayuk, Watson, and now he's added uh, Pickens. Um, this could be a team to watch. Um I didn't think uh, he would get uh, those those later wide receivers taking those uh, first four running backs. So uh, I have to agree with with Hudson. It's a good team. I like teams 10, 11, and 12. But, again, the back, 9, 10, 11, 12. I said that before we even started mm -hmm. drafting. You did, yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, as a high-stakes player, I try to keep up. If I'm in the first, second, third, in the first half, I try to keep up with that back half. And I tell you, it's a challenge this year. Now things can change bulky by the time we get to – to planet Hollywood, yeah, you know, in Vegas, you know, some things can happen where, you know, maybe the second, third and fourth spots are the best spots. But right now, uh, uh, that's where you want to be uh, if you want to draft slot. And and when Jay, when's the last time you saw a team start off with four receivers and then four running backs in a row? Because <laughs> that's what Alexander uh, Lazerko did. Receiver, 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 back, 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 back uh, in uh, Brown, Waddle, Ridley, Samuel. Pierce, Javante Williams, P. Ryan, and H. A. That's kind of an interesting start from the twelve. Well, and you I, obviously I, like that team so far. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I, I think he's he's just going to paint paint uh, paint the board there. And mm -hmm. Pretty soon, you're going to be seeing tight end, tight end, tight end. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. now that'd be great. He goes you know, four I, I tight think, ends in a row right after. It, that. it looks that way. That's the way he's going. I, I I don't think he has a choice. I think he has to do it that way um, right. at this point. But uh, he's got good players. You know, I mean, it's. Uh, we got some different bills here. I'd be interesting to see that. Uh, I bet you this draft has teams that are uh, one-offs uh, in this tournament. Could be. That very well could be. Um, from what I see. I'm coming Jay, up here. Uh, Jay Reed, uh, at, by the way, you pack, uh, follow Jay on Twitter, at Packers153. He is on the clock right now. At the 8-11, we're already more than a third of the way through this draft. It's zooming along here. Jay's already got a trio of receivers in Jefferson, Devontae Smith, and DeAndre Hopkins. He's got his elite quarterback in Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard, the super stack to go with Smith and Hurts here. Uh, Dallas Goddard, the selection at 502. So no running backs through the first five rounds. I really like the selections for Jay Reed here in the sixth and seventh. Rashad White and James Cook, you get back-to-back -back running backs here that, as we talked about, could be three-down guys this year. Great value. Um, I, I'm a fan. Will I be a fan of his 8-11 pick? Jay, that's up to you. What are you thinking here as you are now on the clock? I have a tight end, a running back, and a receiver. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm looking for some, maybe a, a player with some breakout games. Uh, I'm going to go with this guy. Kadarius Tony, wide receiver 41 tonight at the 8-11. And I always say this to, too, and I think this is a mistake. This is a mistake more in Kentucky than in the FFPC, but I always feel like the teams that go heavy receiver early, like you did tonight with three receivers in the first four rounds, it's important not to rest on your laurels, to not ignore that position. You get another player here that can step in with Kadarius Tony, And, you know, you talked about it. you got to look at the quarterback throwing on the ball. Can't get much better than Patrick Mahomes right now. Now, he has some health issues, mm -hmm. you know, 
injury issues. That's, you know, if I can get the half season, half a season out of them, I'll be very happy at that spot. <laughs> um, you know, because wide receivers you can find on the waivers, you know, the, the guys will drop out, they'll move up, you know. Um, but for right now, uh, with Mahomes uh, slinging the ball, um, Tony had a, you know, he finished up really nice at the end of last year. He just needs to stay healthy, Bob. Yeah. Ball. And the great thing about Tony uh, this year is when you consider the competition for targets, I mean, obviously we're concerned about Travis Kelsey because he's he's a beast and he's going to get his there. But look at the other receivers there. I mean, do any of these other guys strike fear in the hearts of you uh, if you have Tony like, oh, this guy's going to get a monster number of targets. I, I don't want to draft Tony because of Rasheed Rice, because of Sky Moore, because of Marquez Valdez scaling. You know, there's all these guys on I think Justin Ross is another guy. You know, there's all those guys on that team that, yeah, they could be good. But they don't necessarily strike fear in me if if uh, that they make good reasons not to draft Kadarius Tony. So Tony, I like here at the eight eleven. It makes a lot of sense here. You're back on the clock now after Brandon Cooks, the new Cowboy, gets drafted right after the old Cowboy, new Texan, gets drafted. Dalton Schultz to uh, Scott McKetchen's team at the one spot. Four receivers on your squad. Pair of running backs, uh, quarterback and tight end. Now you said you had a receiver, a running back, and a tight end in the queue. For uh, the eight eleven pick, I know you took the receiver and Tony. I don't know if Schultz was the tight end in the queue, but that running back still got to be there. What are you thinking here now, Jay? As you are uh, thinking about your ninth round pick at the nine oh two. Well, he was in the queue uh, the last time around. I'm surprised he's back, and I might be overdoing it here with Philadelphia. So you kind of know who that's going to be. I, it's this is this is. Dave Terpoli's dream come true draft. Tonight. Um, <laughs> and you can make the case Dynasty Depot, Nelson Verbit, another massive Eagles fan. Uh, Darren Armani, a huge Eagles fan as well. Like this, this is, this is going to get so many views because of what you're doing tonight, Jay. So yeah, Rashad Penny here and Dizzle, Dave, the Dizzle Gerzak was talking about this in, in the, in the YouTube chat last night when we were streaming um, Terp drafted. Uh, I think it was, was a Terp or somebody else. I think it was Terp getting Rashad Penny. Um, a couple of rounds after DeAndre Swift, and DeAndre Swift goes to Sean Stevenson tonight in the seventh, and Dizzle says, ah, Penny, Jay, you got the starter here because it seems like Penny is going to start over Swift. And um, I, I guess the pass catching is probably what separates him, but you know, it's, it's not to say that Penny can't be uh, a significant player without um, the perceived pass catches, uh, without the perceived catches that you would think would be going to Swift. Um, I, I like the Penny pick here in, in the ninth round, again, um, waiting on running back and getting good value here. Well, I'm 40 miles out of Philly, like I said, so we get the local news every night. Uh, so you're right. You know, they're targeting Penny uh, as the starter. Mm -hmm. I had him in the queue last time, you know, and I went with Tony. So, you know, I got a pleasant surprise uh, and pick him up in the ninth and get some value there. Just a little worried about, uh, you know, too many Eagles, but uh, they're supposed to light it up this year. So I definitely have the players uh, in place, uh, you know, to win it if they do. Uh, but I think... That's it for tonight as far as the Eagles. <laughs> I say that, but I think I'm going to stay away. And, and again, this was not planned, Balky. Yeah, it was not planned. You're right. It yeah, was a it completely was. different bill starting with Travis Kelsey and possibly Mahomes. So, uh, but, but I mean, I think that's, that's one of the fun things about a draft like this is you got mm -hmm. kind of got to roll with the punches and, and the team you envision in your mind, or at least the start in your mind, very oftentimes is not the start that you get. You got to be able to roll with the punches, something you're doing very well tonight. I just um, saw a comment. Uh, better, better hope the Philly offense isn't benched the fourth quarter again all next season. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's, yeah, not a wall sports bringing that up in the YouTube chat. But I'll tell you this 
if it happened last year, I mean, Hertz, Brown, Smith, Goddard, uh, they all had really good seasons. So if, if it if it comes to be where the Eagles are just going to crush everybody and, and by the fourth quarter they, they're not needed, as long as they got those stats in the first three quarters, I'm good with that. And the thing is, it's like I, I just want to – like I don't, I don't – that's not something that factors into when I'm drafting. I'm looking at, okay, um, you know, who – who are the offenses that are going to chew up yardage and score points? And and I'll let the chips fall where they may. And and if they're benched in the fourth quarter, then they're benched in the fourth quarter. That it is what it is. So I'm good with that. I know you're good with that as well. Uh, big receiver run going on in the ninth round here. What I'm going to do is I'm, I want to scroll down here a little bit so everybody can see a little bit better. Um, and then we'll go back to uh, what happened in the uh eighth round let's go to the eighth round here and i'll tell her uh, give everybody an update so uh luzerko takes devon a chain as his fourth straight running back here then you're looking at antonio gibson uh to jared krushik at the 802 his real life teammate jahan dotson goes to andrew brown george pickens uh to bobby sangerman there at the 804 brian robinson another washington commander selected here in the eighth round is running back 35 to jake belish michael Pittman, the third receiver drafted by frank Bornoni. pat fryermuth Goes to Beth Richards tonight, followed by Gabe Davis and Quentin Johnson. Back-to-back receivers for Peacock and for Hebden. Uh, Zach Charbonnet goes off the board right before Jay takes Kadarius Tony, And then Brandon Cooks. We wrap up the eighth round with Brandon Cooks as wide receiver 42 to Scott McEachin's team. That's his third receiver drafted so far. Um, let, what did I want to talk? Oh, uh, Quentin Johnston. He's a rookie. Uh, this is Eric Hebden's squad at, at the eighth round. He's a rookie, and obviously he's got a, uh, you know, compete with targets, not only with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, but also Austin Eckler and Gerald Everett. You feel like uh, people are overdrafting the rookie in, in Los Angeles, or is he worth it again, because of the high powered offense he plays on? He's an eighth round pick right now. Jay, how do you fall in on Quentin Johnston? Well, the answer to your question is yes. I think he's being overdrafted. And if you've followed me over the years and I have, you know, my followers, they know uh, how I feel about rookies. Uh, I'll leave that for Scott Connor. We've, mm-hmm. argued, we've argued about that. I mean, if you listen to the Jason, yin and the yang of chasing they, they, the helmet, you know, the helm, you know yeah, Scott had to fight uh, every round uh, to get his rookie uh, with me. Uh, but in the first nine rounds, no, no, not for me. I mean, he's a great athlete. I like the player, the profile, um, but not with all the miles to feed, uh, feed on the charges right now. Um, let's see. What did I see in the YouTube chat that I wanted to, uh, wanted to talk about, uh, Hudson Kern Reeve chiming in Jay. He liked the penny pick for you there. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe there wasn't anything else that I wanted to talk about here. Um, oh, uh, I guess we can, we can bring this up. Uh, this was a question from, uh, professor Reeve. Is, is it Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, Rasheed Rice right now? And obviously for you, it was Kadarius Tony over over um, Sky Moore and um, Rasheed Rice. Is it the experience fact? Is is it the experience factor? The fact that Tony's been on the field, he's been in the league more than Sky Moore. That you yeah. wanted Tony over Sky Moore there. Look, they're all speedsters, and Mahomes mm-hmm. is going to spread the ball around. But I went with Tony just how he, he finished up last year. If he's going to be that integral part of the offense and Mahomes was targeting the way he did, I hopefully I look for that to pick up this year in 2023 and to continue that. So so that's why I went with Tony. The ninth round featured a massive wide receiver run in the middle of it. I'll I'll, I'll update you. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, the times weren't on another one here. Uh, Dalton Schultz at the 901 to uh, Scott McCatchen. Rashad Penny was the pick for Jay Reed here at the 902. David Njoku, the first tight end selected by Sean Stevenson tonight. And here's the receiver run. So it went Zay Flowers to Eric Hebden. It went Sky Moore to Andrew Peacock. Beth Riches took Elijah Moore, followed by Michael Thomas to Frankie Bornoni. Traylon Burks goes off the board to Jake Belish. And then Cortland Sutton ends the run here to Robert uh, Sangerman at the 909 tonight as his fourth receiver drafted and the fourth receiver he selected in the last five rounds here after he started off with four straight running backs. Dalton Kincaid is backing up Evan Engram for Andrew Brown this year at the tight end position. A.J. Dillon, the third consecutive running back drafted uh, by Jared Krushik's team here at the uh, 11 spot. And then uh, Tua Tunga-Vailoa wraps up round uh, nine with uh, with uh, his selection. That is uh, Alexander Lazerko. And he pairs... Tonga Bailoa, not only with Jalen Waddle, but he also pairs him with Devin A. Chain. How important, Jay, are, is stacking? Uh, like, do you ever utilize drafting a quarterback? If you already have like a pass catching running back on his team, is that ever a tiebreaker for you to take a certain quarterback? Or does that not factor into your thinking on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not caught up too much in stacking. Um, uh, we like to stack maybe in the later rounds, get that mm-hmm. third wide receiver stack uh, with your quarterback. Uh, but if in the early rounds, if you can get an elite stack like a Josh Allen and a Diggs, Mahomes and, and uh, Kelsey, you do it. Right. Because okay? that gives you that gives you an edge right off the bat uh, uh, in most drafts, you know, providing they stay healthy and they perform like they have the, you know, the past few years. Uh, so it's not a main um, thing, you know, a main thing that uh, that I like to do. Uh, but when there's opportunity and if there's value with it, yes, I will stack. Um, the other thing I'll bring up here, and I'm debating whether – you know what? I'm not going to bring it up yet. I do want to talk about Jake Felicia's team at the 8th spot because there's a YouTube comment about it, and, and we'll get to that in a little bit here. Uh, but we're coming up on Jay's pick. He's actually on deck here um, in the 10th round. So we're coming up on the halfway point of the draft, and Jay's drafted a pretty balanced team so far. Um, I always used to dislike going with an elite quarterback and elite tight end early on. I always hated that start. And I don't know what happened within the last year or two, maybe the last three years. I'm like, you know what? You can make that work. And sometimes it's actually an optimal way to start. And that's what Jay did tonight with Jalen Hurts and, and Dallas Goddard here uh, in the second and fifth rounds, respectively. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Smith, DeAndre Hopkins, Kadarius Tony are the big time pass catchers here. Uh, and then you get a, a few running backs here with a lot of upside with White, Cook, and Penny. So I like the way that this team is going. Are you going to continue on that trajectory, Jay? You're about to be on the clock in about 10 seconds. Can you let the uh, viewers in on a sneak preview of your pick? It's a surprise pick coming here for me. It's a rookie. Oh, boy. Uh, Scott Connors' it, ears just perked up. Yeah, yeah, he's perked up. I don't know if he's watching or not. He might be <laughs> proud of me at this pick. But my general rule with him, no rookies until 10th round or after. I know you've heard and, that before. And this is the first round that, that you can do that because it's a tough round. That's right. And I like I like this rookie. I think he's going to be an important piece uh, of the Lions offense. Um, Goff loves going to the tight ends there. Mm-hmm. So here he is. Sam Laporta, the pride of, uh, of Iowa, is the mm-hmm. second tight end drafted 
by uh, by Jay tonight to go with his Dallas Goddard. He gets Sam Laporta as the 16th tight end off the board at the 10-11 tonight. We did see um, uh, some news today, and not necessarily news, but this is from a beat reporter, Colton Pouncey, who covers the Lions for The Athletic. He says that Sam Laporta looks like a TE1. Laporta had 35% mm-hmm. of the receiving yards for the Hawkeyes as a senior, which is really high for a tight end. He was t- top five in missed tackles forced. He's been working. He's been getting a ton of reps not only with the first team, but the second team and the third team, which suggests to me that the Lions want to get him seasoned as fast as possible to be a weapon out there. Jay, I think you got a good deal on Laporta here. Not that, you know, because you're co-hosting, it's not like I want to be telling you how great every single pick is, but I really do like a lot of these picks. And I think the great thing about Laporta here, man, is is this is a guy that's going to go a couple of rounds higher when we get to Las Vegas and Planet Hollywood, maybe even more than two rounds higher if he keeps up with everything he's doing in training camp so far. Yeah, Alan Lazard... Alan Lazard and Elijah Mitchell are, are off the board here right after you take Laporta. So you're back on the clock now. A quarterback to your name, two tight ends to your name, three running backs, and four receivers. What are you thinking here at the 11.02 as we kick off the second half of this Fantasy Pros Championship draft? I need some running back depth. So I'm looking at running backs, but I'm looking at running backs maybe one injury away from having an important piece you know, could be an RB1 uh, with an injury and may even get, um, you know, some reps as well. Mm-hmm. So oof. they've been eating up pretty good. Um, I'm going to go with this guy. Jalen Warren. Another Okay. I, it's, I, I, I don't know what your schedule is for Kentucky yet, Jay, but I hope we are not in a lot of drafts together because these are a lot of players that I really like where you're getting. You know, we talked about Jalen Warren last night with Turpin, and, and I feel like the the disparity between um, uh, um, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris is getting closer and closer as far as not only ADP but the actual volume and the high the high value tar uh, the high value touches that they are both getting in Pittsburgh this year. So Warren, uh, while on the uh, on the surface, you know, on that M&M candy shell surface, he just looks like a injury away type guy. But you bite into that M&M, you look inside, there's the sweetness of a player that might have some standalone value there too. Yeah, I think they're going to spell Najee. I'm, you know, he's, he's the back there, there's no doubt. Um, but, uh, you know, one injury away, I think it's my, it's my RB4. Um, mm-hmm. So he's not only a compliment uh, to Harris, uh, but, you know, he could be standalone uh, if things happen for me there. These, yeah. are ba- these are backs, running backs that I draft late that I keep. I don't throw them back in waivers and try to get the, <laughs> you know, the best, well, you know, the, the biggest one game pan in the flash. I keep them just, you know, stashing them and wait for that for that possible moment. Because you see that every year, Balky, so many running backs by week, what, 11, 12, they're getting hurt. They're going right. down. It's killing your, your, um, your, your championship chances, your playoff chances. Um, I, I, I'm sort of fine with dropping running backs back into the free agency pool, but running backs I draft at the very end of the draft, right? Yeah. Especially, yes. especially when we're drafting like a month before the season starts. Like I want to take chances on these guys that that I know have the talent. I mean, they're in NFL training camp. They obviously have the talent. They just need the opportunity. And those are the guys like when you get two preseason waiver wires in the fantasy pros championship, 
So if these guys, if, if it doesn't work out for them, or if it looks like they're going to get cut or something like that, well, then you can cut them and move on and, and get the next sexy waiver pickup or whatever then. Um, these guys in the middle rounds, yeah, you kind of got I don't want to call them roster cloggers because I do think that a lot of these guys taken in these mid rounds are going to have these two to three week windows, maybe even multiple two to three week windows where you can comfortably start them as a top 20 option. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get you double digit plus fantasy points. Like that's where the value is in these guys. You got to be patient on them, Jay. But as you just said, if you're patient on them, you're going to be rewarded. Yeah, especially in the RB2 slot. I mean, because let's face it, that's your probably your least worry uh, yes. in a roster, the RB2. Uh, you're not going to win it with your RB2. Uh, so, you know, you're looking for fillers. You're looking for that 8 to 11 points a week uh, to get you. So, I mean, that's that's why we, you know, the running backs, I, I went kind of zero RB in this draft, uh, you know, and unless, you know, Derrick Henry falls to you or you know, if I would started off with uh, Christian McCaffrey. But other mm-hmm. than that, uh, I just liked uh, a lot of the running backs uh, later from the fifth round on this year. I mean, as of right now, that could change. Right. Yes. Yeah. Everything. It's all fungible. It's all, it, it, this is why we do a zillion of these live streams, right? Because mm-hmm. we want to see what happens when, when everything changes, how people handle it. Now there was a question in here and I think it was, yeah, Dominic, uh, Dominic uh, Gazzetti uh, said, this was much earlier. said, I know we're not there yet, but is Kendra Miller's draft ADP hurting badly with the Alvin Kamara news? Well, we could talk about him now because Kendra Miller just went off the board to the golden mm-hmm. tank squad run by Andrew Brown. Now, uh, Kendra Miller's ADP, um, over the last three days, that's the best I can do on this because the suspension news for Alvin Kamara just came down earlier this afternoon, probably about seven or so hours ago. Uh, Kendra Miller, uh, right now, if you look at his ADP, running back 47 at the 1201. Tonight, he goes at the um 1110, so almost on brand with where his ADP is, Jay. I don't know how you view the New Orleans situation. I think you and I were both expecting more than three games for Alvin Kamara. He only got three games. Does that mean we moved Kendra Miller down in our rankings? Tonight, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Uh, Well, you know, (laughs) Miller only has three weeks to prove himself. Mm -hmm. That's not a lot of time. You know, six weeks, that would have been a little bit different. He could establish himself a little bit better, you know, at at, at the RB spot. If Kamara would have came back, Maybe he would have got some more touches, but three weeks isn't enough. It's Kamara's job. Uh, well, and, think, and Jamal Williams is there too. And Williams you know, that's, is that's, there too. Uh, he uh, he's not he's not one one injury away from from an RB one or an RB two. Okay? Right. You know. However, Team Ten looks great. <laughs> I mean, he is he's he's crushing it. Um, he he he. And again, I said that I was you know. Early again, I keep beating a dead horse here, but, but eight, those, nine, those 10, and 11, man. They, picking they, late, yep. Yep, picking late. They're just scooping up, but that's a good team. So I'm looking at that, and I always, you know, when I draft, how do I keep up with that team? Right. Uh, might be falling behind a little bit here, but I got some <laughs> I got some, uh, got some, some picks in the, the queue here that might uh, catch me up. Well, well, for what it's worth, I'll, I'll try to play devil's advocate a little bit here, and I know Andrew Brown's making it difficult with his last couple picks, but you look at his running. Like, I, I like the tight ends. Tight ends are great. Um, I obviously like the quarterback and fields for fantasy purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we're both Packers fans, so I can't like mm-hmm. them for any other purposes. But fields there for <laughs> fantasy purposes makes a lot of sense there. Three uh, receivers right away are studs, and, and Jahan Dotson I know is an up-and-comer. Jamison Williams, you got to wait on him, but the talent's there, obviously. Um, but the running backs are, I think, are the question on this team. Like you need to, you need to make sure that Brees Hall 
it is still the bell cow there, even if they add Dalvin Cook, right? You need to make sure that his knee is also healthy and he's going to be able to perform the way he was performing last year. Cam Akers is fine in the in the sense that he is going to get all the, the touches in Los Angeles because there's not a whole lot of other competition there. But at the same time, that is not a great offense, especially if Cooper Cup um, goes into the season nicked up, which we don't think is going to happen, but there's a non-zero chance of it. And then behind them, and you only have to start two running backs, I understand it, but behind that you're looking at the number three running back in New Orleans and potentially uh, the, the number two or three running back in Chicago. So the depth at running back is a little concerning. However, everything I said before that I think trumps the running backs because I really like and the rest of Andrew's team here, Jay, as I think you do as well. I do. I think his wide receivers that definitely carry him. Justin Fields, that's like having a quarterback and a running back in the mm-hmm. same pick. Uh, love his tight ends. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, a little, like you pointed out, a little weak at running back. But, uh, I mean, we're only in – and he added Roshan Johnson. I know we didn't get to the uh, to the 12th round yet, but uh, that was a nice pick. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I but think, Roshan, yeah. The other thing I, I think that's concerning with Ro- Roshan Johnson, I believe he's hurt right now, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he's or, nicked or, up. He's nicked up. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking up the, the update here on, on Roshan Johnson. It's an undisclosed injury, um, apparently, right now. Uh, this, according to God, who reported this? Adam Johns? Yeah, Adam Johns reported uh, that he missed Tuesday's practice with an undisclosed injury. I don't know if he practiced Wednesday or Thursday. Um, but uh, Johnson is a player that, uh, you know, is backing up Bijan Robinson in Texas. I really like what, what he was able to do in his limited time there. And I think, uh, you know, given that the, the Bears only have Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman, not exactly household names there. The opportunity is there for Rashawn Johnson. Okay, man, you're on the clock here again. I, uh, we, you have gotten now four players in your backfield. You have four players on the perimeter at receiver uh, you can run the 12 personnel with Dallas Goddard and Sam Laporta here, and you have Jalen Hurts. You know, I, I don't I don't think there's a glaring weakness or a glaring thing that you need to attack here. You can go best player available. Right. Who is that best player available? I'm going to take my favorite player. You know me, Balky. Who is it? Oh, God. Jay, don't put me on this spot. I have no idea <laughs> which one you're going to take here. Is Adam Thielen? Who could be the number <laughs> Could be the number one receiver in Carolina this year. So, so yes. there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are are, are kind of down on Thielen as far as um, what he is going to be able to do with a rookie uh, quarterback, uh, a team that's sort of rebuilding back up to contention that just traded their number one receiver here. Uh, but I think the opportunity is there for Thielen. You know, they don't have a lot of competition for targets there. Uh, perhaps the most talented guy that's there besides Thielen is Jonathan Mingo, who's a rookie. So I think there is a lot to like, at least in a full PPR sense, uh, for Adam Thielen. The best part about this pick to me, Jay, is wide receiver 59. It's 12-11. It's, the sp- it's what you had to give up to get Adam Thielen in, in regards to draft capital to get a number one receiver in the 12th round here on a team that could be throwing a lot in some potential shootouts in the NFC West. It makes That pick makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, he's got some great hands. I I, th- I think he had me on on a podcast uh, early in the summer, and uh, um, the Vikings were going to let him go. And I think you asked me, where would you like to see him go? And I said, to hope he goes to the Packers so he can stick it to the Vikings. Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, don't leave me feeling in the 12th. Uh, yeah. I think I, I'll go there all the time. Well, I'm up again. Yeah, Tyler Boyd goes to uh, Scott McKetchen here at the end of the 12th round. Final pick and of the that's 12th who round. I, that's who I wanted, Balking. Oh, okay. So you're targeting a Thielen Boyd here 
uh, turn. Yeah. It's well, not going to happen. Joe Burrow. I mean, he, I know he's the wide receiver, the third wide receiver there, but he's had spike games too. So that was yes, a good he has. pick. Uh, and and the other thing too is, and I always bear this in mind as as Jay contemplates his his pick here. But the other thing with Boyd is if Higgins were to go down. If um, uh, Jamar Chase were to go down, knock on wood, which is what I'm doing right now, we don't want to see that. But if they were to, all of a sudden, Tyler Boyd looks like a slam dunk top 20 start, no matter who the Bengals are playing, which works in his favor to draft him in the 12th round. Geno Smith went at the 13-01 tonight uh, to Scott McKetchen uh, to kick off the 13th round. So, Jay, you're back on the clock again here. Yeah, which I'm going to go, go back to running back here and the one injury away. Running back. What? The one injury away type running back is indeed out of Cleveland here for Jay's pick. It's Jerome Ford running back 51 at the 1302. Um, unlike, well, I shouldn't say unlike Jalen Warren because, you know, when Cleveland, when Nick Chubb has been running hot, he's always had his Robin, right? Sometimes it was Kareem Hunt. Sometimes it was Dearness Johnson. And obviously with both those guys off the roster this year, it could be Jerome Ford. I do like the Cleveland offense. Here's the thing. I don't, I don't, like, I'm not going to be a stand for the Browns offense here. Like, oh, the Browns offense, it's, it's going to be great this year. But I am going to stump for a lot of proven players coming off bad years led by Deshaun Watson. So I think regression to the mean is important to keep in mind with the Browns offense here. Mm -hmm. And if there's even a little bit of regression in the mean, you're looking at some pretty good values for the Browns this year. That includes Watson, it includes Cooper, Elijah Moore, mm -hmm. um, uh, Nick Chubb, and Jerome Ford, who you just picked here. Uh, I like that pick for uh, for the upside in the thirteenth round here. Uh, why was why was it Ford for you? Uh, if it wasn't for one of the reasons I just stated, Jay, I think you nailed it. I think you gave me all of the reasons. I mean, the big thing, you know, I paired him with Jalen Warren, so they're both in offenses that uh, that run the ball a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay, so those those lead backs will have to be spelled. Um, so I see, you know, they're both capable of pass catch, you know, uh, catching passes. So, you know, this late. In the draft, you know, to pair him with the, the other three running backs I've already picked, I think that's a good fit. Um, I just don't want like wide uh, running back threes or, or running backs that are that are buried uh, on an offense. I want them to at least have some upside yeah. and an opportunity to maybe to get into a starting role. So those last two RBs, that's the reason I picked both of them. Jay, I gave my thoughts on uh, Dalton Kincaid last night, so I, I want to pick your brain here as the Fantasy Forecast chiming in on the YouTube chat right now about the Dalton Kincaid pick at 9-10 to Andrew Brown. Just sort of in general, what are your thoughts on Dalton Kincaid as a rookie tight end in Buffalo this year? Okay, first you're asking me about a rookie. So I, I know, already, kind of know where you're leaning. Yes. <laughs> I, only I only have one, uh, you know, that uh... – I went out on a limb for, uh, mm -hmm. I think Dawson, I like Dawson Knox. You know, I think he's the guy, I think he's got a rapport with, uh, Josh Allen. I think, you know, they're, they're talking about two tight end offenses. Uh, you know, Kin Kincaid's a stud. There's no doubt. The profile is great. Uh, I think he's going to get, uh, you know, his fair, fair number of, uh, of passes, but, uh, a lot of miles to feed there, uh, in Buffalo. Uh, it's just not for me that early. I think, and he may even move up. Okay, right. as we get closer to Vegas, but uh, you know, I'd rather Sam Laporta over. And, it, you know, and and I think I mean I I wouldn't say you're in the majority on that, but I know there's a lot of other people that also feel the same way with Laporta. You know, Kincaid is another guy. I'm surprised he's going as low as he is in in tight end premium formats, where people get so excited about rookies. You know, the the mystery box, the door number two of what a rookie could provide, and and the fact that you get one and a half point. Uh, points per catch 
uh, for him, I think makes him more attractive as well. So I think he actually moves up, rightly or wrongly. I think he moves up as we get closer to Vegas. He goes at the 9-10 tonight to Andrew Brown. Let's welcome in our next guest uh, tonight. Uh, he is actually drafting in the eighth spot, sandwiched between Frank uh, Imbornoni and Bobby Sangerman tonight. He's at the eight, went back-to-back tight ends in the fourth and fifth. We've had him on the show before, I believe. I, I think a couple of times we've had him on the show over the last half decade or so. I want to welcome him back. The 26er himself. It is Jake Belize. Jake, welcome into the program. And I think the big question is, I know I ask you this every time, am I pronouncing your last name right? It, it's getting closer. It's Volike. Volike. It is not getting closer. It's getting further away. It's getting further away. Volike. Jake Volike. Well, I like your squad here tonight, Jake. When you knew you had the eight pick, um, what were you thinking in, in the first round? Was How high up was Diggs as a priority? Was that the target? Yeah, Diggs, Diggs was really my guy. If, if he didn't fall, I was going to uh, reach up for A.J. Brown. But uh, I, I just I just like Diggs' situation this year. I know it was kind of a, a little bit of a wild card on the offseason, but he seems like he's dialed back in, and he's kind of got a pretty solid situation uh, ahead. So I, I was really happy to get him there. What about Saquon Barkley? You know, we Jay and I were talking about this, and you know, when you took him, the 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 thing is, like, we know Barkley's probably not happy with his contract situation there, but it is what it is. He knows what he has to do. Um, are you nervous about him fighting through um, any soft tissue injury that he normally would have fought through harder if he had the long term contract? Are you nervous about that from a fantasy standpoint as all as you took him in the second round tonight? I, I'm not only because he's such a he's such a class act. Mm-hmm. I, in a normal situation, I, I, I would be, but with Saquon, I think he's he's just such a classy guy. I think what you know, if he has a little injury, he's gonna like he he really wants to do good for the team. He just seems like one of those guys, and you know, I, I was pretty happy he fell there because once once I once I got Barkley, I knew I was gonna try to go for the Waller Daniel Jones stack. So that kind of all fell into place. So in the fourth and fifth round tonight, Jake, you end up getting uh, a couple of players um, that I have heard the argument for that are both million dollar winners this year in the fantasy pros championship. One in Darren Waller in the fourth round at the 405, one in Kyle Pitts at the 508. A lot of times these guys end up on different teams. You nab both of them tonight. Can you tell us the thought process of after you drafted Waller, why it was still important for you to get Pitts here in the fifth round? Well, Pitts, you know, I, I like Pitts, and uh, I, I was really after Herbert, and he got picked, you know, one spot before me. So Pitts was a nice consolation prize. So, you know, it is nice to stack those tight ends in the FFPC early. Uh uh, then you really don't have to worry about it the rest of the draft. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm a little worried about Pitts this year because, you know, I, I did have a lot of them last year and he didn't exactly pan out. But uh, I, I do I do want to get some exposure to him. And I, I thought it, it was kind of a unique situation with, you know, it was a nice situation with Waller to stack there. When you look at your running backs, you uh, I don't want to say you ignored the position, but you only drafted one, obviously, in the first seven rounds. That was Saquon Barkley. You take yeah. Brian Robinson in the eighth round. Can you tell us a little bit about how you normally handle running backs in the Fantasy Pros Championship drafts? Is this more on brand for you where you grab the quote-unquote hero running back early and fill in the cracks late? Or was this yeah, sort of an like, outlier for you? 
not like this. You, you know what my the problem is, Eric? I've, I've been drafting like a lot of best balls. So in best ball, I, I like the you know the hero RB, and then I like mm-hmm. to like just uh, you know take a bunch of running backs late. But you know, in this format, you have to start somebody week one. So I, I was I was kind of after you know I kind of I really wanted Addison, and I, I you know the smart move would have been to take Pacheco or Gibson there. But uh, I, I'm, I'm not unhappy with Robinson because he's been getting good camp reviews. And, uh, you know, the, the, the word is that, you know, I'm a Washington fan. So the word is out of Washington that, like, he looks really good this year. And he was still having a lot of lingering effects from the, uh, the gunshot wound last year. I, I know it's been talked about a million times, but it, it, it really did seem to affect them from what the, uh, the, the local uh, beat reporters are saying. So. I, I I wasn't a big fan of Robinson last year, but I have been taking him a lot this year because I, I do like where he goes. Uh, and he is the starter. So uh, right. for, for some reason, they don't seem to like Gibson there. Maybe Biennemi can, you know, change Rivera, um, Rivera's mind. But uh, it seems like they really love Robinson for whatever reason. And he's not the fastest guy. He's kind of a plotter, but you know, he must do something right. So um, what was the other thing? Oh, uh, Traylon Burks. So he has dropped in ADP ever since the Tennessee Titans signed DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but he really dropped tonight. You almost got a full round of value grabbing Traylon Burks at the 9-8 tonight when he normally is a late 8th round pick. So I'm, I'm kind of curious your thoughts. Was this just a value pick here to grab Burks, or do you actually think FFPC drafters are letting him fall too far after the Hopkins signing? I, I do think they'll let him fall too far, but it was kind of a hold-my-nose pick. Uh, <laughs> I'm not like really a Burks guy. I was hoping for either um, – I was really hoping for Elijah Moore, but it was kind of unrealistic that he would keep dropping. Um, but, yeah, I mean – that you know that wasn't my that wasn't my favorite pick, but I gotta say you know uh, when uh, is it Jay took Cook in the seventh that broke yep. my heart because I oh. that was <laughs> that was my guy I, I was really after Cook but I knew you know with the camp reports that it would be a struggle for him to come back because they almost took him in the sixth over Godwin and Jake that brings up something that Jay and I were talking about. Why do you think Cook has not ascended yet? Is it just too early? We're going we're gonna to see a rise in ADP for him um, it, within the next few days. I thought we would see it by now, and it, it, it still hasn't taken. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he kind of, like, checks a lot of boxes, you know, in PPR. He's, you know, he's, you know, he's catching everything during training camp, which I know isn't everything. But, you know, he's seeing a lot of volume. Uh, and... and- um, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's all right. That's I, I wanted. To, I wanted to tease your pick here. So, you are up right now at the 15:08. You end up getting a free agent running back here in Kareem Hunt as the 62nd running back off the board. Can you tell us a, a little bit about what you liked about Hunt here in the 15th round? Yeah, I'm just trying to take a bunch of stabs at guys. To be honest, and hoping you know something hits. I mean, maybe Hunt, maybe somebody gets injured in training camp and Hunt, you know walks into a starting role. I, I mean, that may be a little unrealistic at, you know, at his stage in his career, but in the 15th round, it's, you know, it's, it was either him or Bucker and Bucker got 
taken one spot before. So, right. but um, uh, I, I want, I'm looking at the board, Jake, and we're talking with Jake Belike, who's drafting from the eight spot tonight. Johnny Seasons, the 26er, drafting in the eight slot in this Fantasy Pros Championship for a million bucks. I want to make sure. Okay, so you ended up drafting the third Ravens receiver off the board tonight. Zay Flowers at the 904, Odell Beckham at the 1105. You get Rashad Bateman at the 1108. This is how FFPC players have been handling the situation. They're letting Bateman drop to being the third uh, Ravens receiver uh, off the board. Do you like Bateman this year? Was this a value pick? Uh, what, can, what can you tell us as we look into the Velike crystal ball here for the Baltimore Ravens? What do you think about Rashad Bateman this season? Yeah, I don't know about the crystal ball, but yeah, I do. I do <laughs> like Bateman. I, I, I've been drafting him all year, so you know, it, it may be a little bit of fool's gold, like you know, just, or what do they call it, a sunken cost fallacy? You know, mm -hmm. he's falling, and I just keep grabbing him. But I do like him out of the three. I think I think they really do want him to be the number one. I know Flowers has been showing, but like, you know, like these these rookies. I mean. I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, Flowers could hit. He really could. But right. Bateman's, I think they've been kind of grooming Bateman for this for a long time. So he's kind of, I've kind of been on him all year. So at some point, I probably have to pivot and get some Flowers too, just to hedge. But uh. Jake, you are on deck uh, right now in this draft. Six running backs to your name on this squad. You also have six receivers, a couple of tight ends. You got Daniel Jones to go with um, uh, Darren Waller here, as well as Saquon Barkley, quite frankly, with all the passes that Barkley is, is going to catch this year. Hunter Henry is the pick before you here at the 1604. What are we thinking at the 1605, Mr. Belight? Uh, yeah, there's not much here, huh? Uh -huh. Is this another running back stab? Are we going to see another running back stab here? I'm actually thinking about CEH, which, you know, it's so gross, but <laughs> Aiden, Aiden LaCorey, <laughs> another FFPC live draft host, is notorious for hating uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, so he would he would approve of this pick in the fact that you're making it, but you're also hating it at the same time. You, you know, like you know, I guess this guy has got as good a shot as any. If you know, like I heard, I, I, I'm not sure how true it is, but recently I heard somebody talking about, you know, the the uh, Kansas City backfield, how this the person you think is going to start never starts. So, you know, right. maybe, maybe Clyde Edwards-Solera goes back, you know, went, went back and, you know, started refocusing. I don't know what the issue is there. But, uh, but, but the thing is, Jake, it's a 16th round pick, right? So if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, right? Exactly. And McKinnon's, you know, a year older and, you know, he's injury prone if that's a thing, but, uh, so I, I guess he's as good as shot as anybody. I mean, he's, I mean, he's on a great team. If he hits, I mean, he's going to hit. Right. Big, so, um, Jake, final question for you tonight, before we let you go, we are 80% through the draft. The, the majority of the difference makers have been selected in tonight's draft. If you were a teacher, if you were Jake Valike's teacher, what would professor Valike give as a grade on the team from the eight spot tonight on Johnny season's term paper, uh, what, what grade would you give yourself? Uh, it's like a C minus. I mean, it's not Ooh. great. But... <laughs> Where did it go wrong? Where did it go wrong? Was it the James Cook pick? 
that when when Jay took him, is that when it all went wrong? Where, where did it go wrong? You like I, the I, start. You know, if I had to grade Jay's team, I'll tell you, I mean, he's like a B plus. I mean, he, he put together a nice squad. But uh, thank you. I, I, I would say, you know, you know, I'm just very worried about I'm very worried about my uh, three, four picks, Keenan Allen and Waller staying healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I did reach on Addison. So I, I don't, you know, I really need one of these other receivers to step up. But uh, yeah, it's not it's not the best. And, you know, it's really a bet on the Giants offense, which, you know, I'm putting a lot of faith in Daniel <laughs> Jones, which is never a good thing. So. <laughs> Well, we'll still, <laughs> only 18 quarterbacks have been drafted. There, there's a way that you can still add uh, a couple of quarterbacks that are still out there that might make all the difference in the world. I'm yeah, always I, intrigued by outliers, Jake. I like the outlier of the Waller-Pitts combo here. Thanks. I, I, I was thinking, you know, instead of, instead of um, uh, who was it, 11, instead of Bateman, I was thinking about going Richardson and then trying to go Richardson-Jones so I had that upside at quarterback. Oh. Yeah, but I didn't want to. Uh, I don't know. Would you well, let me ask you this, Jake? If 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 um if Richardson wouldn't have gone to Sangerman at the twelve oh four, would you have taken him over Daniel Jones and your stack at twelve oh five? No, that was the thing. I, I I wouldn't. I would have taken Jones first because I I felt like I needed. You know, my team was kind of built as a Giants team, so I would have taken Jones over Richardson. I, I know. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I didn't think with the auto drafter Jones would come back because they were pretty high up on the queue. Um, so yeah, once I once I saw if Bateman didn't fall, I, I would have went I would have went either Richardson Jones or Jones Richardson. Got it. Eleventh, but it is what it is. I mean, maybe it is. Grab another one late. I mean, Purdy's still out there. Yep. There's some there's some decent decent options so and we were we were talking about him on, on last night's stream turp and i uh jake we can't believe that he's going that low and and he's still out there so you went and like it, i think he went to the 18th round last night might have the opportunity to draft him the 17th or 18th tonight i'm going to let you go so you can prepare for this 17th round pick we'll see what happens there thank you so much for joining us and good luck winning that million dollars oh, this year man thanks for having me guys absolutely jake will like yeah. the uh 26er uh, the the uh, one of the original 26ers from the 250 number 26 FFPC Dynasty League drafting from the eight spot tonight. Johnny Seasons here uh, is the moniker that he is rolling with for his team name. He's actually on the clock. Speaking of on the clock, uh, Jay Reed was just on the clock here. Um, I know you you took KJ Osborne and Jared Goff in the 14 15 turn here. Uh, Goff the backup hurts. Obviously Osborne. Um, the former teammate of your 12th round pick in Adam Thielen. But let's talk about these receivers here in the 16th and 17th round. You get a high-stakes late-round darling in Donovan Peoples-Jones. My God, mm-hmm. I can't believe nobody in YouTube commented on this pick because every time we have a live stream, Jay, everybody, every time we see DPJ go, everybody in the live is always like, Donovan Peoples-Jones, oh, DPJ, this is great. What a great pick. We didn't see it tonight, but I know a lot of people out there like that pick. Um, let's talk about him before we get to your 17th round pick. Um, this is I, I like the Browns offense bouncing back and, and you got a chunk of it here in DPJ. Yeah, uh, he had, you know, a, a decent year uh, with Watson. Watson targeted him a lot. Uh, you know, we're looking at what, uh, you know, 16th round. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's good value. Uh, there's a buzz in ca- training camp, you know, with him. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a good receiver. And uh, the earlier rounds, uh, 
you know, I was hoping that Chase Brown or Zay Jones would fall to me. Uh, I was going to pick one of those two, but uh, I went with KJ Osborne. He has some spike games. I know Jordan Addison's there, and he's the darling, and there's a lot of talk. But KJ was coming on uh, last year, and he's got a good rapport with uh, with, with Cousins. So I, I felt uh, that was the way to go. And the golf pick, uh, you know, I looked at the board. There are seven teams didn't have any quarterbacks. I said, well, we're going to have a quarterback run here. Right, yeah. And only one went. <laughs> <laughs> only one went. But, uh, you know, there was some madness behind the pick. I've stacked them with uh, Sam Laporta. Yeah, and that's true. And that's that's the – this, I don't want to call it the Scott Connor, uh, Jay Reed school of stacking late, but it's something that you've done quite a bit yeah, uh, we, over the years, and it worked out here. Yes, we, we we do that, and with a rookie at that, so he should be proud. But <laughs> exactly. Um. So so Las Vegas Raiders, uh, they don't have Darren Waller anymore, um, which makes Hunter Renfro maybe a little bit more appealing. But you also got to consider uh, the fact that Michael Mayer is now a tight end, and they added um, Jacoby Myers from New England as well, uh, who has been. Uh, a big time PPR guy in, in New England over the course of the last couple of years. They also have a PPR hog in Devontae Adams. It, Hunter Renfro, when when you look at him in the 17th round, what are you hoping for? What are you expecting here from this pick? I hope he, you know, he was hurt, but I hope he gets back to to his form. I think uh, for Garoppolo, it might be a safety valve for him. Um, you know, he could, he'll get his share. There's a lot of mouths to feed. But we're talking about the 17th round here. I and mean, what, he's my wide receiver, seven or eight? He's super late, super yeah, late. Yeah, at, at this point. But I still, I think, good value on a, on a good offense. Uh, and you only need an injury, an injury or two. Uh, and, you know, he could become relevant. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a seasoned pro. There's no chances on a rookie or, you know, this might happen and this might happen. So he's going to be in the lineup. He, he does very well in the slot. So I think that was a good uh, addition uh with donovan people jones there back to back let me ask you something about jake Velike's pick here in the in the 18 or big part in the 17th round pierre strong at the 1708 we talked about ramondre stevenson quite a bit last night and for stevenson uh owners like tonight he goes at the 307 to frank imbornoni for stevenson owners it's like okay they've they, they've cut robinson they've had other veteran running backs in um to to foxborough uh, but they haven't signed any of them. And and now they're sitting Stevenson on random days of practice because I think they know what kind of a workload he's in for. To me, that suggests they're not looking at adding any more running backs because if they were going to, they probably would have by now. And you have Pierre Strong here sitting in the uh, in the 17th round to to Jake uh, Valike. And I, I like that pick because I, I feel like if Stevenson were to go down, I don't know if Strong is the, the bell cow there, but he's certainly uh, going to be in contention for the lead back role. And you're getting the injury away type guy here at the 1708. A great fit for the way the likes team is building. True, but general rule: don't ever try to outguess Belichick in fantasy football. Right. That's a good. That's a good <laughs> okay. rule of thumb. Because people have tried that and lost a lot. Over lost the big time. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you never know who's going to start because something could happen in practice to. Excuse the expression, piss Belichick off. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know, next oh, thing yeah. you know, he's in the doghouse and nobody knows about it, <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know, and he sits a bench. But uh no, I, it's a good it's a good addition this late uh, to the team. Um, you know, okay, so so let um Jay, where do you stand on um on uh, another guy that's getting a lot of um, a lot of pub, a lot of hype right now? 
uh, in uh, in Kansas City. Richie James, wide receiver 77. He goes to Bobby Sangerman's squad. Sangerman, who, by the way, did not take a receiver until round five. He could use all the help he could get. I think he did a great job in the middle of the, of the draft. But, man, if you have a team that's formulated around those four running backs, not a bad idea to take a stab on receivers late here. What do you make of the Richie James stab in the 17th round? A good, uh, again, a good a good pick this late. Mm-hmm. Look at the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. You know yep. he's going to sling it around an injury or two. I mean he's going he could be relevant. And you know uh, Mahomes, other than Kelsey, uh, if he locks on to you and he's one of your favorite wide receivers, uh, other than uh, Kelsey, who's at tight end, of course. But right. uh, it's a good late pick. I like Richie James. I just I I, I contemplated it, uh, but uh, I just went with uh, the two I did. Uh, because they're one, they're veterans, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Not a rookie. Uh, they're established. They're on teams. They're going to start. Um, but like to pick this late. Absolutely. What about, um, and, and, and you're about to be on the clock here, Greg Dortch going off the board at the final pick of the 18th round. We only have two more rounds to go here tonight. Uh, yeah, and, I, missed, and... uh I missed the pick talking to you. Oh, you but did. That... Oh, you did. Oh, do we need to pause that? Do we need to roll it back? No, not at all, because sure? that's, okay. who, that's, that's who I had in my queue. Jelani Woods. Okay, so let's talk about him in a second. He's the 31st tight end off the board. He's your third tight end drafted tonight between Goddard and Laporta. Um, I think these these last couple picks are kind of academic. One's got to be a defense. Right. One's got to be a kicker. Is the defense going to be first here? Yes, defense is first. Um... We got the Saints, the Bills, the Eagles, Patriots, Cowboys, Ravens. Commanders, Jets, and Niners all off the board right now. Looks like there is a total of nine defenses off the board. So you're still getting a top 10 defense here, Jay. Yeah, uh, actually, I, I got to go with the KC defense. Um, you know, I follow Draft Sharks. You know, shout out to them. Uh, mm-hmm. KC is their second-ranked uh, defense uh, on their site. So can't the beat Chief- that. The Chiefs defense here at the 1902. Not that I want to um, have another late round discussion on Brock Purdy, but I feel like Turp and I talked about him quite a bit last night. Now, let's get your thoughts on it. This is a guy that is now throwing, I think they said um, this reported 110 day, uh, 110 passes in practice every day. He's reporting some mild soreness at the end of practice after throwing all those passes. However, he also said it feels the same as, as before the elbow surgery. It, it feels the same. Uh, as far as the soreness goes, with uh, his normal elbow. So I guess this is a good thing. And yet, with all those weapons there, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, all those guys there, Brock Purdy is still going late. Tonight he goes as the 21st quarterback off the board. I'm of the opinion, I won't bring up my G.I. Joe retaliation reference, because every time I bring that up, everybody always hates it, so I'm not going to bring it up. But this is a guy that just keeps crawling up little by little in ADPJ. How high can Brock Purdy go in drafts? assuming everything goes according to plan in training camp in the preseason for the Niners signal caller? Well, one, I'm shocked. Um, I had him queued up to take him. You know, that would have been a, a, a nice, uh, uh, you know, match with uh, with uh, Jalen Hurts. But I didn't think he'd come back to me. They had seven teams that needed quarterbacks, and that's why, uh, you know, I jumped on Goff because uh, I had Sam Laporta. But if I wouldn't have made that pick – with golf, probably around the two later, I would have went with Brock Purdy. So mm-hmm. I don't understand it. Uh, maybe everybody's scared off with the injury. Um, you know, from what they're what they're saying, he's sore, you know, soreness. But uh, I, I don't know if he's going to play in any preseason games. If he does, uh, he could move up uh, if they if everyone sees he's back to form. 
Uh, my guess is probably they'll keep him out. So I, I, he, uh, Bra- uh, Balky, he has no place to go but up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he has no place to go but yes, up. I mean, true. He, he Not going to fall up, any further. He could go up five or six rounds, you mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, d- depending on just any news, you know. So uh, I'm really shocked he fell to that. If I'd have known that, I would have waited and took him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, Jay, I, I, I look at the Chase Edmonds pick at the 1901 tonight to uh, Scott McKetchen, and I'm kind of curious here as to your philosophy on drafting backup running backs in a contest like this. Myself, I, I was always like, man, if I, if I draft a running back early, I got to get his backup. I, I just simply have to. I cannot leave the draft without it. And I feel like that's really hamstrung me over the years to now the point, and, and I'll, I, can't, I don't play in the fantasy pros of the FFPC because I can't. Um, but in Kentucky, when I play there, um, now I'm totally of the opinion, like, man, I'm not even looking at my handcuffs. I want to look at other people's backup running backs. I want to look at other people's mm-hmm. injury away type guys, because that is going to, I can, I can increase the variance of my squad that way mm-hmm. and really build a juggernaut. If those injuries happen towards the end of the season and I can roll out three top 10 running backs in the championship round, man, that's how, that's how dreams are. That's how dreams come true. That's how winners are made. That's my philosophy on it. It's evolved over the years. How do you handle that? Um, that's a general rule in high stakes to do exactly what what you said, and and I agree with you. It only took me like fifteen years to figure it you out. You know, however, <laughs> however, if you have a weak running back squad, mm-hmm. okay, let's say you went zero RB, um, and you're very weak, um, then it might be beneficial to take a backup, you know, or two, to help your help your squad out in case that that back goes down, okay. Mm-hmm you have someone to plug in to start. But if you have a, you know, a, a decent running back squad, uh, with exactly what you said, take a, everybody else's handcuff or a running back. And uh, that's been the general rule in, in, in high stakes. So it helps your squad uh, and it hurts, uh, you know, another competitor. Just, you just hope it doesn't happen to you. <laughs> right. And, 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 and quite frankly, if it does, you know, maybe you're not making, you know, the thing is like, if it happens to you, let's, let's use the McCaffrey example. If it happens to you and you don't have Elijah Mitchell um, uh, and you had McCaffrey and he goes down, well, is McCaffrey, or, I beg your pardon, is Mitchell really going to get done what you needed McCaffrey to get done? Probably not. It's, nah. it's, it's not so much about the subtraction off the roster. It's about the addition. So we can get greedy. Again, like you just said, not in every single um, situation, but I think in a lot of situations, get greedy with those backup running backs because I think um, more often than not, the positives outweigh the negatives of not having your own backup running backs. I agree. In, an, I, in a national tournament like this, obviously. Yeah, Closed 12-team league, it's different. I totally agree with you. We are coming up here on the final round. Some interesting picks, some some guys going off the board. We just don't have the time to talk about tonight. But Cade Otten uh, going off the board to Sean Stevenson's squad in the 19th round. A fellow 19th round pick, Terrace Marshall, going to Andy Peacock's team. You're looking at Justin Ross going to Frank Gimbornoni. Uh, Daenerys Prince off the board to Bobby Sangerman here at the 1909. Last night's darling, Israel Abanacanda in that Hall of Fame game. He also goes to Sangerman here. Another backup running back in Keontae Ingram. Rookie and Michael Wilson to Imbornoni. Uh, Jake Belike taking Keontae Ingram. Evan Hall, who's an interesting guy in Indianapolis right now, even with the addition of Kenyon Drake. Zach Evans off the board to Eric Hebden here as his final pick. The 74th running back chosen tonight. Uh, fly, Team Fly, Sean Stevenson is on the clock, about 45 seconds, uh, Jay, and you will have your final pick of the draft. 
I don't know if any kicker is standing out to you. There's there's 11 kickers that have been chosen, and I'm gonna I'm gonna dedicate this next comment to Kevin Williamson. 11 kickers chosen. You pick a kicker here, you're still getting a top 12 kicker. That's analysis. <laughs> that's stats. That's facts. That's the kind of hard hitting stuff you get on the high stakes fantasy football hour live draft coverage of the Fantasy Pros Championship. Yeah, man, I don't know. Like, this is the time uh, as a Packers fan, I'd always just go with old reliable Mason Crosby, but we are lucky enough to have Anders Carlson or Anders Carlson booting kicks left and right in uh, in camp right now, and Mason Crosby's not there. I don't know if you have a thought here. Looks like you're going to go with a guy from last night and Greg the Leg. Yeah, he was booing him from 50 yards. Uh, look, Falky, my kicker is going to change about 10 or 11 times. Me too. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. During the year. So you want someone that's, uh, you know, pretty dependable and uh, Greg the leg. Um, he looked in season form, mm-hmm. um, you know, on Thursday night. So, so why not take a shot at him? Melvin Gordon, the final pick of the Fantasy Pros Championship draft tonight, as all 12 of these teams are gunning for a $1 million grand prize. Jay, let's uh, let's wrap it up here and take a final look at how your team turned out uh, for the viewers. Jay was picking from the two spot tonight. His quarterbacks ended up being Jalen Hurts and Jared Goff. Running backs are Rashad White, James Cook, Rashad Penny, Jalen Warren, Jerome Ford, uh, wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Smith, DeAndre Hopkins, Kadarius Toney, Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Hunter Renfro. The tight ends are Dallas Goddard, Sam Laporta, Jelani Woods. Kicker is going to be Greg Zerline. Defense uh, is the Kansas City Chiefs. So this team is – is it's a re- I, listen, I, I was fawning all over your first 10, 11 picks here tonight, even 12 for that matter. Um, but when I look at the team as a whole, I think the question mark maybe for me, and, and I don't know for you, is, is the running backs. Did you do enough there with the five running backs you chose – um, we already said during the program that sometimes the easiest position to replace on your roster is your number two running back every week. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be weak somewhere, it's going to be at number two running back. I think that's your, your week tonight. And I'd be okay with that with all the other players that you assembled at the other positions. Yeah, I have to do some waiver work maybe at running back. Um, you know, going to use some of my waiver money uh, to strengthen that position. But there, I think overall, maybe a, a B minus. Um, you know, and that's and this is your first one I mean, of the year too. I think Jake gave me a was it Jake? He gave me a a, a B plus. He gave me a B plus. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that was like six rounds ago. So, uh, <laughs> so a little bit a little harder on myself. Uh, maybe I could have done a little bit more uh, at running back in the later rounds. I was really really waiting for Chase Brown there. Mm-hmm. Not that he's a starter, going to make a difference, but that I think that would have just rounded out my six uh, RBs. But I was sniped, you know. So I just turned to the wide receiver spot at that point. Yeah, sniping uh, happens uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, what would Scott Connor say about your team, Jay? Why don't you not have a, more rookies? Is that what you yeah, Exactly. You took the word. Not enough rookies. <laughs> not a, not enough rookies, especially after round ten. You know, but I did. Right. I did add one in there. You know? Yes, you did. Yes, yeah, you Scott did. Scott and I will be in Kentucky um, at the end of the month. We're going to see you there. I might yep. not recognize you because if your beard gets any longer, you're going to be rivaling Rip Van. No, I, I can I can say this with almost <laughs> ne- yes, I can say this with almost 99% certainty. By the time I my flight touches down in Louisville, I think I will be clean shaven at that point. So yeah, everybody should recognize you. You know, everybody <laughs> waits for that every year. What does Bulky look like? Has he <laughs> Once he removes the, the hair, has he aged? Does he look good? I mean, yeah. having I, beard won't, I won't look good. Me? I hear the thing. I won't look good, and I will have aged. And those are the two givens. I will tell you that right now. Um, Jay, such a pleasure to do these these shows with you. Thank you so much for 
um, not only hanging out with me tonight, but hanging out with me while you're drafting for a million bucks. How many people can say that? I certainly appreciate it. We will uh, continue to follow you on Twitter at Packers 153. I'm sure I will see you in some more drafts going forward here. And I obviously will see you in Louisville uh, for the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship live events uh, at the end of the month. Be good until then. Thank you again so much and good luck this season. Thank you so much, Paul. I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Thank you. As did I. As did I. Jay Reed, ladies and gentlemen, popping on the show tonight. Certainly appreciate Every time that guy can come on and chop it up with me, uh, it's uh, what a joy. Uh, what a joy it is. And I'm sure this is not going to be his last appearance on the podcast. He will be on again. I want to not only thank Jay Reed tonight, but I want to thank Andrew Brown, Jake Belike, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. Now, we got a lot of stuff going on. We've never gone harder on the FFPC YouTube channel. I'm going to do my best to attempt to tell you what's coming up. So um, I'll, I'll just go. How about this? I'll just go in order. Sunday night, Dave Tripoli, Aiden LaCorey are going to be uh, doing some live commentary, bring you a live FFPC main event draft. That is going on uh, 9, 8 central. So 9 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, we're going to have that. We're also going to have um, a double dose on Tuesday night. Uh, Myself and Dave uh, Tripoli are going to be covering a live Fantasy Pros Championship draft at 7 p.m. Eastern. Then at 10 p.m. Eastern that night, we're going to go live. Myself, uh, is uh, I'm going to be hosting the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown live here with um, a, a uh, boy, what is he, 14 or 15-time champ. Uh, it's, it's Maybe I can look it up here real quick. In, in any event, he's been a champ uh, for a long time in, in this format, and he's going to be on board again on uh, on Tuesday night. God, I wish I could find it here, and I and I just can't. I'm sorry. How many how many leagues he's he's won over the course of the last, and he hasn't been playing that long too. Um, son of a gun! I thought I had it. My apologies here uh, on this, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I, I don't know how many leagues he's he's um, he's been on, or how many how many leagues he's been on. I don't know how many teams um, uh, leagues he's won over the course of the last few years um, in uh, in the FFPC. But I, I tried to get him on uh, earlier in July. He was actually out playing poker in Las Vegas and I couldn't have him on, but we're going to have him on uh, coming up on um, Tuesday at 10, uh, 10 PM Eastern time. Duke Viveros will join us here on the road of his high stakes lowdown. So double dose of shows on Tuesday night. Then Thursday, we will go live here on the high stakes fantasy football show with myself and the fantasy sanctuary and fantasy pros, Tom Strachan. We'll go live there. And then uh, also Thursday, that is at, uh, um, 7 p.m. Thursday night, and then at 10 p.m. Thursday night, a bonus high-stakes fantasy football hour with 26-time FFPC league winner Matt Stewart. Uh, that'll be myself and Farrell on Thursday night. And then, of course, Friday night we go live again, and we're going to have on – I have to confirm this, but I believe it's going to be FF Masterminds. Uh, Michael Nazarick is going to join us once again. Always love picking that guy's brain, too. Guy who's been, He's an OG in the industry, been in the industry for – damn near 40 years now. Um, so he knows what's going on. One of the best in the business. That is basically your next week on FFPC YouTube. That's what's coming up. As a reminder, live uh, uh, or the FFPC main event live drafts uh, started today. So if you want to jump in there and go for a million bucks, you can do that. We're going to have live main events going off every single day, starting today until the start of the regular season uh, on that Sunday of week one. So plenty of chances to win a million bucks there. Plenty of chances to win a million bucks in the fantasy pros championship as well. I just saw the 11 o'clock draft filled tonight. Yes. So I have to commission that in about 15 minutes. So I have to cut this short. 
Um, but the midnight draft has only three teams signed up. We still got about 70 minutes to fill that. I feel pretty good about that. So if you sign up now, we're probably going to be drafting at midnight tonight. I'm commissioning that as well. Once again, a $350 entry fee, and you can win a million dollars in that contest as well. Uh, Dynasty Fantasy Football is going on right now as well. You can play fantasy football 365 days a year at myffpc.com. More than 10 years we've been doing Dynasty Leagues, more than 1,400 leagues. Nary a league has ever folded. So make sure you're signing up for that. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video. God, love the YouTube chat tonight. You guys were awesome. Keep that up. Uh, share this video with other people that you think might be interested, and we'll continue our live draft coverage. Click that notification bell so you get notified of when we go live next. Uh, thank you so much for watching, everybody. Appreciate you all. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. One other thing, I don't think I drive the point home enough on on the uh, high stakes fantasy football, or on the fantasy pros championship. Um, you are not waiting around long. Um, what we've noticed this year, we've changed the schedule a little bit. Man, we almost got this time of year. We're into August. We almost got drafts going off every single hour, starting at eleven in the morning, uh, Eastern time. So if you want to draft, you got a, a three hundred fifty bucks laying around to draft for a million dollars. Of course, you get that fifty dollar discount on a three pack as well. You won't be waiting long for a draft to fill as the midnight draft uh, fills up right now. For those of you in the 11 o'clock draft who are watching, thank you so much for watching. I'll see you in the draft room, and hopefully I'll see you the rest of you in the midnight draft coming up tonight. And I'll see the rest of all of you all, uh, everyone else, uh, in all the draft rooms uh, going on this weekend. Thanks for watching, everybody. I'll let you go. I uh, appreciate you. And Aiden LaCorey and Dave Terpoli will take over this YouTube channel uh, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for watching, everybody.